0: You're listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes, a production of the Ephesus School Network.
1: Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The company of the angels was amazed.
0: Hi, this is Father Aaron Warwick with Jason Everett, and you are listening to the Teach Me Thy Statutes podcast, episode number 94. Today's reading is from
1: Luke chapter 6, verses 17 through 26. And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits. And they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him for power went out from him and healed them all. Then he lifted up his eyes toward his disciples and said, Blessed are you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you shall be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, and when they exclude you, and revile you, and cast out your name as evil, for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy, for indeed your reward is great in heaven, for in like manner their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full, for you shall hunger. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. Today's reading uh, no doubt sounds uh, very similar to the Sermon on the Mount uh, that we find in Matthew's gospel. And and I would guess that the Beatitudes found in Matthew are very familiar to most Christians, but uh, we have an addition here in Luke of the Woes. So, Father, would you begin by commenting on some of the initial verses of the Beatitudes um, and their, their teaching or significance?
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and you're correct, Jason, that there is a difference here between Matthew's Sermon on the Mount and Luke's Sermon on the Plain. And that first difference, which I think we should begin with, is, of course, the location of the sermon, meaning that here in Luke it was given on a plain, whereas in Matthew the Sermon is on the Mount. But also, as you noted there is a difference in Luke because we hear also of these woes.
1: Yes, yes. So maybe let's go ahead, then and and start where you uh, suggested instead of the sermon itself and, and tell us about the significance of Jesus giving his sermon here in Luke on a plane, as you said.
0: Yeah, and specifically Jesus is said to have stood on a level place, which can also be interpreted or translated as a plane. But you also have the sense with this word, or two words, level place being used, that Jesus has come down from the mountain where he had been previously in this gospel account, in Luke's gospel, and he has put himself down to our level, down to the level of the common man, and that seems to be a consistent theme here in Luke's version of the Beatitudes.
1: Very good. Would would you discuss that uh, consistent theme here in Luke a little bit further?
0: Sure. uh, A couple of things. So first, as I just mentioned, this notion of being on a level place on a plane is different from a psychological perspective than looking up at someone if they were on a mount. So a person putting themselves on your level gives a different vibe, a different feel. We see this often with children, how much more receptive they are to things if we crouch down and go to their level. And then before getting into the other examples, I, I want to highlight that this standing out on a level place, out in the open, is quite similar to the prophet Ezekiel in the Old Testament, who himself stood out in the open place, or the plain, during his prophetic teaching. And I should note, as an aside, that this standing on the plain, or out in the open space, also corresponds to the idea of God's people wandering out in the wilderness, when, where they're given the law the book of Exodus. And the significance of that is that in the wilderness, there's nothing to protect you. No city walls, there's no shelter, there's no food, no drink even. So there, as, as well as in Ezekiel and here in Jesus' Sermon on the Plain, the emphasis on the plain or the open spot, the wilderness, is that your only true protection, your eternal protection, is in living God's will, putting that into practice In your life so to get back to Ezekiel and back to the consistent theme of Jesus humbling himself bringing himself down to our level just highlight another connection with Ezekiel to what we hear later in the story from Luke and that is the reference to Jesus as the Son of Man
1: right Jesus does refer to himself as the Son of Man in the fourth blessing so what is the significance of that
0: well the Son of Man Uh, as a term was again a term used about Ezekiel in his prophetic book and it's essentially a humbling it's calling someone a commoner nothing special and the reason I believe that is emphasized not with just with Ezekiel but with Jesus is to emphasize what stands apart first and foremost is the teaching so in other words it's not the individual per se who makes the teaching special it's the teaching that makes the individual special and so in the case of Jesus Following that teaching of God, submitting to that teaching, ultimately unto death, is what makes him unique and special. And we know from the New Testament that Jesus is the only one to have perfectly submitted to God's will. And part of that, part of that submitting to God's will, of course, is humbling yourself.
1: So, Father, you've noted Jesus standing on a level place and his reference to himself as the Son of Man as two aspects of Jesus putting himself on our level. Uh, one of the themes of this specific teaching, the Sermon on the Plain. Are there any other characteristics of this story that relate to Jesus humbling himself and, and putting himself on our level?
0: Yeah, I think the final thing to mention briefly is the fact that Jesus taught both the Jews and the Gentiles as equals here, as people both in need of his teaching, of God's teaching, and not viewing the Gentiles as outcasts, but people welcome at God's banquet table.
1: And how do we see that from this parable?
0: Uh, The first is that Jesus was said to have taught a multitude of people from both Judea and Jerusalem, obviously uh, then referring to the Jews, but also from Tyre and Sidon, from the seacoast, which was Gentile territory. And on top of that, something people might miss is the fact that Jesus gives both four blessings and four woes. And why is that important? Well, four is used in scripture as a universal number uh, corresponds to the four corners of the universe that we see on a compass the four classical elements of the universe as well earth air fire water so you have both jews and gentiles here and then you have jesus teaching about the four blessings and four woes you have him being called the son of man and stooping down to our level on a plane
1: now as for the teaching itself the actual teaching of Jesus beyond the context in which Luke sets this parable would you give us uh, some insight here
0: Yeah, so we see that Jesus begins the blessings by framing his teaching within a kingdom so he says for yours is the kingdom of heaven in that in that first blessing the people that he refers to and blesses so this teaching of Jesus like so much of the Bible is anti-imperial meaning it's anti-the earthly political kingdoms of the kings. And then the next two blessings, the second and third in this teaching, are essentially then lumped in with that.
1: And then what's the significance or the reason that the Bible and Jesus in his teaching here is anti-imperial?
0: Yeah, good question. Uh, The the kingdoms of this world, of course, operate on the basic principle of the strongest survive. The kingdoms, uh, they don't like the poor and the needy, They prefer strong and able-bodied people. In fact, uh, to gain even more power, they often exploit the weak, making them even weaker. And then obviously, uh, this is entirely contrary, this way of thinking and and, and behaving, to the teaching of God and the teaching of Jesus, which teaches us to love those who are weak, those who hunger, those who are poor, those who are broken and weep, as we heard in, in today's teaching.
1: And then how about that fourth blessing, Father? It kind of seems to depart from that basic theme that you'd mentioned of the first three. So what's going on there?
0: Yeah, so this fourth blessing is for those who live out the scriptural teaching, who put into practice Jesus' words. Because although perhaps before they had been viewed positively, they, by society and by their fellow religious people, they will now be viewed negatively. Perhaps they were not themselves poor, or hungry or weeping but they stood up for those who were taking a risk to themselves so perhaps they themselves were not viewed as you know what we call sinners what the Bible refers to what Jesus refers to as sinners but they stood up for those who sinned and they expect the people of God to apply the same grace to those sinners as the people of God believe God has applied to them So this fourth blessing then indicates that it's not just the physically or the materially poor or hungry or broken people who will be blessed, but also those who stood up for them, tried to lift them up, who reconciled them to God's community, despite the fact that those uh, people who did that, who stood up for them, were often put to shame for doing so.
1: And then my last question for the day, Father, what would you say about the final verses from our reading today that really stand in stark contrast to the blessings that precede them?
0: Yeah, so uh, you're referring here to the woes, and and basically I view them as simply underscoring the message of the blessings. And and what I mean by that is they, they pretty much just repeat the message of the blessings, but in a negative sense or with a negative connotation, the woes. And we have to keep in mind that you know, the Bible was written before word processors. We've talked about that many times. So there's, you know, there's no way to, to bold something or to underline it or to highlight certain teachings except to repeat them. And so I would read this repetition, this restatement, but in the negative way, as Jesus and, and Luke stressing how important this teaching and this sermon is and therefore stressing to us how closely we should follow it and, and put it into practice in our own lives. Thank you,
1: Father. Our discussion today began by examining the significance of the location which Jesus gave his sermon in Luke 6, namely on a level place or a plane. This is an important detail as it demonstrates Jesus coming down to our level, to the level of the common man. We then discussed the reference to Jesus as the Son of Man, which is a term that is humbling, as it essentially means that person is just a commoner. And this term, Son of Man, emphasizes that the teaching is of utmost importance and is what makes the individual special. Jesus humbling himself and submitting to the teaching of God is what sets him apart. After turning to the first three blessings and discussing the anti-imperial nature of the Bible, Father Aaron discussed the fourth blessing, which indicates that not only will the physically or materially poor, hungry, or broken people will be blessed— but also those who defended them, lifted them up, and reconciled them to God's community. Finally, we examined the woes, which Father pointed out merely reflect the blessings with a negative connotation. The woes effectively reiterate and stress the importance of this Sermon on the Plain and how carefully we should follow Christ's words.
0: Thank you for listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes. We hope you tune in next week for a new episode.
1: Alleluia alleluia, alleluia, thee, alleluia, 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 Glory to Thee, O God. Alleluia, 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 Glory to Thee, O God. O our God and our hope, Glory to Thee.